The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Tonight's show, we're going to recap the defensive coordinator search and the replacement for Ed Donatel and also touch on the Trey Lance speculation that's circulating around the NFL right now. So grab your Lake Monster beer and enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson, alongside Ryan Ortega and Miles Gorham. Uh, tonight's show and every other show is sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. So if you haven't yet, be sure to stop out there and pick up some crowlers uh, or just stop in and have a great beer. Um, it's a it's a great time, a great atmosphere with fantastic beer. Additionally, is that Flip Mozzie? <laughs> Sorry. I Go see ahead, him. Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right in the, of the sponsor plug. My bad. Um, I just don't want to get yelled at. <laughs> The other sponsor, that ba- That's Badass Wood Art, uh, Luis in Newport makes some fantastic custom pieces of wood. Uh, he's working on a couple right now for us as well. So you can get your own custom piece by going over to his website, sending him a picture, picking one of his pre-custom uh, you know, artworks that he uses, and you can use promo code CTPOCKET and get 20% off any one item. So with that being said, we surprisingly have a lot to talk about with the Vikings. Sometimes with the offseason, it's, you know, you never really know what you're going to get week to week. But we have a lot to talk about for the Vikings. Uh, so let's start off first with the defensive coordinator search and kind of how everything transpired with Ed Donatel. So last time we met, he had, last time we were on the show, he hadn't officially been fired or dismissed, as they're calling it. Um, they held their off-season press conference, said they're going to continue to have conversations, and then it was announced Thursday that they would be moving in a different direction. So is that weird to you guys at all? I mean, you got either one of you can take this, but is that weird how they kind of handled that, um, just not announcing it at the press conference? I don't think so. I know there's a, a few media members that were quite upset about it. Um, I looked at it as, you know, if, if you're having an end of year press conference and you're trying to recap the year, kind of look forward to the future and you go and release or fire your defensive coordinator, a majority of that press conference is then going to divert into talking about who's the replacement, 
what, you know, what led to the firing, you know, what's the off season plan on how to attack that, so on and so forth. And you don't really get yeah. to talk about the year as a whole, right? Like you, you're not going to get an opportunity to talk about the successes, some of the opportunity areas for improvement, um, the thoughts, right? I mean, you do, yeah. but like you, they all have just a limited amount of time. So I personally thought that that was a great approach. And plus, you know, I obviously, you know, I guess you could have planned to have that conversation the day earlier, but you know, you, you just, it, it puts a damper, I think on, on what I would say was enlightened press conference. Right. So uh, that's yeah. just my take on it. Yeah. And I think too, maybe a little bit, I, I do like your point about maybe it being a distraction in the overarching conversation that they wanted to have that day. But I think there was probably still some initial shock that they were not in the playoffs still. Uh, and they were probably just coming to terms with that. Miles, just based on, <laughs> on how I'm looking at you, I feel like you don't even care uh, how they no, handled it. I agree with Ryan's point that I think it, it would have diverted a lot of the attention away from the rest of the season and how like the rest of the season played out and, and those things. Um, yeah. But I do think – I think it was a cop-out. I think they took the coward's way out. I mean, that Kevin – that Ed Donatel was going to be fired. They didn't – they didn't want to have to answer the questions in front of people um, to the media. And I think I'm, – I'm not a fan of it just for the for that. Um, but, like, it is what it is. I mean, teams are going to find ways to to do that. So, like, I'm not I'm, – I get why the media members are upset by it, though. Because yeah. they don't get that much access, especially to people like Quazy, who wasn't around during the during the regular season mo- most of the time, and they don't get a lot of access to you know Kevin O'Connell. Now that we get into the off season, so it's it's like that last opportunity to talk to them before they get to the combine and those things. So it's really yeah. it's really that opportunity to, to like drill into the, some of those questions and 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 hear how they're feeling about it. I know it's fresh coming off a loss, but like we're not the only team that lost a football game last week. We're not the only team that. You know, like, yeah, they might be surprised by it, but at the end of the day, they still need to be able to atone for what happened. And so I think that's the only part that I'm like, I understand where where the frustration would come from for media members and fans who are like, you had a chance to just like address it right then and there. And now it's going to become the talking point later as they get into other conversations with like the combine after they even hire the new defensive coordinator, it's going to continue to be a talking point. So um, I just think they could have gotten ahead of it and answered some of those questions ahead of time. Now they're going to have to like backtrack a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. and, and, to, and a, to your to point, a certain extent, they did answer some of those questions, right? I mean, they still did ask, you know, not necessarily who's going to replace them, who's going to be the new DC, but they did ask, like, what happened with the defense? Is there anything we could have done differently? Yada yada yada. I mean, I listened to the press conference; they did address some of those things, but um, sure. I, again, I see, I, you know, I, I, I was in Brian Murphy. I think he's one of the local writers for what, you know, one of the publications out here. And uh, I, I went into his comments and, 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 you know, made a comment, man, he got a lot of hate for like asking the question and like wanting to access like, Oh, you're not going to get a free, easy piece to write now or whatever, like all this stupid stuff. And I was like, I apologize to him. Cause I'm like, I, I didn't mean to like create like, tension between you and readers or whatever i just i was just offering a counterpoint like you just you know me you guys know me pretty well at this point i like to play devil's advocate a lot and yeah. and i get where it's coming from the media standpoint but i still think that yeah. it would have diverted a lot of that uh, conversation into dc talk instead of 
uh, year in recap talk. And so I appreciate the way they did it, but I guess I see it from both sides. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, well, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is, it's in the past and now we're looking forward and we've already seen in the comments here this evening, one name uh, get brought up for defensive coordinator, which I have not seen. Um, and he obviously used to be a defensive coordinator back in the day, George Edwards, but the, the guys that are for sure candidates uh, are Brian Flores from the Steelers, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, Sean Desai, Ryan Nielsen, and they also interviewed uh, assistant head coach, right? Mike Patton is the assistant mm-hmm. head coach, um, as well as some other title I can't recall right now. So of those four guys, are you guys leaning any particular way? Um, do you have a preference on, you know, maybe, maybe there's a candidate not listed that you would like to see them pursue. I can, I can start Ryan real quick. Yeah. I think I have a really hard time besides like the big name people, big names that we all know. I have a hard time like pinpointing what, what really high end position coach could become a good defensive coordinator. What former defensive coordinator you know, what, like what the options are out there. I've, it's a hard like situation to really dive into. Kind of like when we were talking like GM and stuff last year, it's like, yeah, there are names that we hear about and, but we don't actually know. We're just yeah, like, at least with, with like players and those things, you can kind of assess yeah, and create your own opinion. A lot of this stuff, like with the defensive coordinator, unless you're getting like a Brian Flores, who's a proven defensive coordinator in, in mind in the, in the NFL, you don't like really know. And so I think like Flores is probably the guy that I'd lean toward because I like I know that the work he's been able to do and we've we've seen it him as a head coach be successful we've seen him as a D coordinator be successful and um, I think there's just a lot of opportunity there um, yeah but at the same time there might there might be a like the the Nielsen guy from the, the Saints maybe he's one of those under the radar like names that we just don't know about maybe maybe there's like a hidden gem there like it's hard to like really say but then I look at Mike Pettin and I'm like. You just got rid of Ed Donatel. Mike Pettin was helping oversee the whole defensive structure and like yeah. blitz packages and, and rust packages and those things too. And that's not to say that I think Mike Pettin would be maybe he'd be better than Ed Donatel, but I don't. I can't sit here and pretend like it'd be drastically better. And right. from like a player development standpoint and those things, that's the stuff I worry about because he was there behind the scenes helping coordinate the current defense that we saw that wasn't good. And mm-hmm. so it, it would, it, I can understand why fans and like even myself wouldn't really feel comfortable with that approach. Um, and so I do, I do under, I do understand and wonder if that like the plan there was just to like, Hey, we got to do it because he's on the staff and we respect him, but that's just like the formality. So I don't know, but like Sean Desai, Brian Flores, like Nielsen, even, I don't know anything about him, but like, I'll, I'll take a shot at any, any three of those guys. If those are like the, the true finalists. I think Ryan, before you go here, uh, the one thing I'll say about Flores and, and there's there's no denying his leadership and I mean he's proven it in the NFL. The Miami Dolphins defense and even back to his days with the Patriots, um, they were great, great units. And it's not that I don't want him here because I definitely would. What I'm looking for in my next defensive coordinator is stability. I think Flores is going to get another head coaching opportunity. Um, and I feel like that could happen within a year. And I know this was, That's, you know, the trade off from moving from Zimmer 
as a defensive minded coach to O'Connell, right? You're kind of swapping what's going to be the revolving door for their foreseeable future. But I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for stability on that defensive side of the ball, whether it's just two years, three years, whatever. Um, yeah. And it's not to say that I wouldn't be happy if Brian Flores became the defensive coordinator. I think he'd be great at it. Um, but I just don't know how long he'd stick around. And that's, that's my concern from that point. Hey, here's a, here's a real quick, Brian, you get two third round picks if he becomes a head coach. I know that's like the, the Rooney rule and, and shit. Like I'm not, I don't like the Rooney rule. I don't, I think it's, yeah. Anyways. Um, but like, that's the, that's one way to look at it is like, there is a, there is an upside to it as well. Like, yes, I agree with you though. Like you don't want a revolving door at, at an important position. We saw it, how it impacted the Vikings on the offensive side of the ball. You don't want that same thing yeah. happening on the defense, but, but I understand too, at the same time, like if you're going to go head hunting for, for big name coaches, like you should expect them to get poached. Just like we saw the McVay tree with guys like um, Wes Phillips requested be interviewed by the Chargers. Doesn't mean he would have gotten it, but like those requests. Yeah. Keenan McCardell's out there right now. I don't. He's not a McVay disciple, but like still, like Keenan McCardell. Derek Johnson. The, you know, yeah, Draw Johnson. Um, like or those Jared, guys. Sorry. Like, um, like those guys, <clears throat> they come from a successful tree, and so like they're, they're going to get, they have a chance to get poached. So like those things happen. And so I think the more opportunity, like the one thing I had against Zimmer was none of his defensive coaches ever got poached. His offensive coaches got poached, but like for a defensive specialist and for someone that's as respected around the league as Zim for, for, for defenses, none of his coaches got poached. And that to me, was always like a kind of a red flag. I always rose my red flag. Like I was put up like, what the hell's going on? Like, if you're this good and your defenses are this good, why are your assistants not getting other opportunities to go and like do, do better elsewhere? And uh, so like, that was always a word for me. So the one thing I don't ever like to see is coaches be held back. So like when yeah. I see a Keenan McCardell get an opportunity to potentially be an OC, yes, it sucks like as a fan, but I want mm-hmm. to see people go get, go like, go improve, go, go test it out. Go, go get those opportunities. Like I, I just, I think it'd be selfish to like, to only think about like the team. I'm not saying what you're saying is selfish. I a hundred percent agree. I'm just saying as a whole, like we still yeah. focus on like, Oh man, don't leave the being a, a position coach to go be a coordinator. <laughs> no, get the, get the fuck out of here. Like, I mean that in a good way, in, like the, the best way possible, like go spread your wings, go get an opportunity yeah. somewhere. If you, if you get it, like, and I, I should, I'd, I'd never be mad at a coach for like going and exploring those opportunities. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no different than a player trying to cash in, right? Like I fully 100%. expect a guy like Duke Shelley this off season to test his market and, and get, get paid after what he put on this season. So that's, that's a different conversation. Ryan, we have yet to hear from you. Um, and before you speak, can you just do a side profile for everybody so they can compare your picture to Sean Desai? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That guy's that guy. Yeah. He, he's in better shape. He's better looking. All that good stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to say I look like it's no Sean Desai, but what I will say is, look at <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's see, uh, how, how do I do this, right there, this way, I don't know, right there, yeah. boom, yeah, I need, uh, I think I need to trim my beard a little bit, <laughs> but guy. anyway, um, so sh- of the candidates that we're looking at right now, of the four, what, three of them are 43 and younger, 
I like to see that. I like to see that we're we're trying to find maybe a little bit more youth and innovation. Hope I guess youth and innovation aren't synonymous, but you would hope that they are, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 bringing in new blood, hopefully players coach type mentality. Now we know Brian Flores is not that. He's more of a um, he comes from Belichick style, hard ass kind of coaching. But uh, and and Miles, quick little aside, he's actually never been a D coordinator. Um, I think he left the oh, Patriots I guess you're right. as a defensive you're right. assistant, head coach, right. and then now he's a defensive assistant again. So, but he was calling. Um, the, wasn't he calling the real quick? Wasn't he calling the plays for the Patriots that won that Super Bowl the, against the Rams? Am I? I swear, yeah. I thought he was calling that defense. I know he wasn't a deep coordinator, but I think he might have like been the, the like I'll play caller, the out. defensive play caller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But either way, yeah, technically by title, he's never been a D coordinator, but you know, obviously I think he should be top choice, right? Just given his track record, he's had a lot of success, both with the Patriots and the, um, and the Dolphins, um, bringing up their defenses who weren't spectacular by any means. I mean, Patriots have been for a long time, but the, the Dolphins weren't spectacular before he got there and he really, uh, uplifted that that uh, defense up. Um, of course, the the Steelers have always been pretty good under uh, Tomlin's tutelage there too. Um, and 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 but still, again, adding to that that room and, and making a difference. Uh, Desai is interesting because he does come from the Fangio tree, so we are getting another descendant from Fangio. You know, some people are concerned, like, hey, if if you're taking another assistant from Fangio's you know, uh, lineage, is that good given the fact that we just had, um, given the fact that we just had uh, Ed Donatel who failed miserably here uh, in, in his opportunity. They're different coaches. They're different mentalities, you know, that he might have bring in a different perspective that Ed Donatel didn't have. Um, he did really well with the DBs. I mean, if you take a look at, um, you know, some of the DBs he's coached, you know, first year as a defensive back um, assistant coach, was uh, Eddie Jackson's Pro Bowl year. So he was able to coach up Eddie Jackson. And, uh, you know, Eddie didn't have the greatest year since Desai's been gone now, right? Um, granted, some injuries happened and stuff like that. He goes over to the Seahawks, and he coaches up a very, very young secondary, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant. Um, and, and, again, not to say that that defense was spectacular by any means, but they, they were solid. Like, uh, he coached up that, the, that DB room quite well. So uh, that I think there's some opportunity there that, you know, he provides. And then Nielsen, I, I don't know as much about him as Miles said, but, you know, you, you do look at the Saints defensive line. They've been pretty solid over the years. So, you you know, you, you think that there might be something there. Obviously, I think Pettin was more or less just, uh, hey, we're going to throw you a bone here and, and give you an interview, but I don't think this is serious. But again, all, all younger miles to your point, I love that if we were able to bring in, especially like a Flores or a Desai, um, and again, a couple of guys that haven't been mentioned that aren't, I mean, we haven't interviewed them, but like a Giro Avero, if the if the Broncos decide to hire a head coach and they don't want to retain him, he would be an I'm surprised we haven't heard. I'm surprised we haven't heard anything. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, I wish I wish we knew because there's a couple of guys who are in limbo, right? That's one of them. Granted, I bet they retain him because he's getting head coach op- opportunities, and they already blocked DC interviews for the Atlanta Falcons and him. Uh, but oh, Steve Wilkes, okay. yeah, Steve Wilkes is another one where great, you know, he's shown to put up really good defenses, and and sure, yes, absolutely, he should be a head coach. He should get the Carolina Panthers job, and I want him to. 
But if he doesn't, he's likely on the open market now. And yeah. that would be a great, I mean, granted, now we're talking different scheme and things like that. So, you know, we got to figure out what scheme we're going to run and whatnot. But, you know, these are guys that, yeah, you're you're likely only going to get for a year, maybe two. And then they're likely off to head coaching opportunities. But, you know, not to sound like a uh, like an ass, I guess. But, I mean, hey, they're, they're, you know, coaches of color. And coaches of color, if they get promoted to head coaches, get – you know, the, the team that, that gave them the opportunity is now going to get an opportunity to earn, you know, two compensatory third round picks. I'm, I'm willing to do that. Like, I, I don't mind if we lose Brian Flores in two years, if we get those picks, because it just allows our team to continue to get better. Plus we put a prominent, uh, talented coach at, 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 in a position to be successful and to earn an opportunity to be a head coach, which, Granted, again, you know, it might be for selfish reasons why they're, you know, now hopefully they're, you know, hopefully they get opportunities for the right reasons. Um, yeah. You know, we're actually having this talk at work right now where we're building diversity planning things. And it's like, well, we don't want to just hire diverse talent to check a box, right? They need to earn it. They need to be talented and, and whatnot. But these guys are talented and there's just, you know those opportunities just having been afforded to them. Well, now they are because it's incentivized. Um, I want them to keep getting those opportunities. We need to see more uh, coaches of color in prominent positions in the NFL, not just in the coaching ranks, but also in the front offices. And I'm glad we did that with Quasi. So yeah. Yeah. real quick, Matt, um, yeah. Sean Desai, the one thing, the one thing, so I don't know a lot about Desai as like a, as a whole, everything we've heard though has been positive. Like you're going to hear that from most coaches when they're interviewing for things, but, um, the one thing I noticed, and I think I heard maybe on Score North, um, he survived like four different head coaches with the Bears. I think it was Mark Tressman. I think he was brought in by Mark Tressman, Fox. Uh, John Fox, Matt Nagy. And like, so that, that kind of reminds me of like a Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I was just going to say. Ro- rose up the ranks, but like was obviously talented enough and had enough ac- acumen and built enough like positive acumen around the previous coaches for a new coach to keep them around and develop yep. them. And so I think, I think that type of like rise meteoric rise is, is always something you should be looking for in a, co- in a coach too, because that means that there's, there's, there's talent there across multiple generations of types of coaches. And I think that's just an important like skill set to have. It's, it's really hard in the NFL to stick to one place for a long time, let alone through multiple head coaching switches. So to be able to do that for, for Sean Desai is an impressive thing. So, again, I don't know as much about him. We've talked about some of the development of some of the DBs, but um, in terms of like that, that in, in itself to me is impressive. Yeah. Well, and, I see and just comment. the exposure to the different schemes. Yeah, it's, it's great. For sure. For sure. I see a comment in the chat about bringing back Zimmer. Not going to happen. <laughs> and to Tim's point here, uh, it was rumored that Zimmer was going to be the D coordinator for Deion Sanders' team in Colorado, but I do not think that yeah. came true so um one more name i want to talk to you guys on the defensive side and then we'll do a a small little segment uh on kevin o'connell's snub from coach of the year uh consideration i feel like the trey lance conversation we can have throughout the offseason we got plenty of time to touch on that but Mm -hmm. the coach of the year stuff's relevant still today so uh the one name i want to talk to you about though miles and it's a name that you've uh, brought up in our group chats before, uh, someone that you might be interested in. I saw in the chat tonight, uh, former Badger uh, interim head coach, Jim Leonard. 
any thoughts on him? I know, I know there hasn't been a connection, right? There hasn't been an interview. Um, but what are your thoughts on him potentially making that jump to the NFL? Yeah, I've actually heard like dating back to last year of like that potential interest from, from the Vikings. And so, um, I'm, I'm a little surprised there hasn't been like even a like dialogue or like rumors swirling around that besides what we've heard. Like I've, I've heard from people that I trust that like that could be a potential option, but again, we haven't heard anything. And I would assume for someone that's in the college ranks, if you wanted to bring them up, that would have already happened. So I'm not really sure like what to like make of it. Um, but maybe, maybe Kevin O'Connell is wanting to keep his focus on the NFL ranks um, as he, as he looks for a new DC, which would, which would be fair. Like, I think it'd, it'd be hard to make the jump directly from college to the NFL as a, as a coordinator. Um, as like we've seen, it's hard to make the ranks, the jump from head coach to head coach in, yeah. in college. So um, I think I can understand, like, maybe you want to try to get someone like that in as a position coach first, something like that. I don't know. Um, but um, it just doesn't seem like that is going to happen. But I mean, he's run a really good, really good defense in, in Wisconsin in, in the college ranks. So um, it's not for nothing. Yeah. If that were to yeah, like, happen. Yeah. I mean, and. To that point, too, I mean, you, you look at his, his his track record over the last few years at Wisconsin. He's he's put up some of the best defenses, not just in the Big Ten, but in, in all of college football uh, yeah. consistently, right, as a D coordinator. Yeah. And and what I what I found interesting about that is if you look at all of the big or all of the conferences in the in college football, Big Ten is probably the most the, the conference that probably resembles the NFL probably the most, right? Like you have a lot of hard nose, more traditional style offenses. You look at Michigan, you look at uh, obviously Ohio State's an outlier, but you look at Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, Iowa. It's a lot of under center, a lot of rushing, like uh, traditional yeah. rushing. And then, so having that exposure to playing, I guess, that style of defense that can combat the, that type of offense, um, I found interesting. Um, I, I was interested in him. I, you know, I, we mentioned him in one of our conversations we all had together and, um, yeah. you know, we thought it would be an interesting hire. Obviously it's weird that he's not getting looks, but again, to Miles' point, you know, maybe, maybe, and who knows, maybe we are having conversations, but for a different position, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, last thing, just a quick hitter. Kevin O'Connell, uh, obviously the news kind of broke today that he was not named a finalist for head coach of the year. The five finalists are Giants head coach Brian Dable, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan, Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson, and Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Any thoughts from you two before we uh, round it out here? Yeah, uh, Miles and I were actually in each other's like comments here talking about this today, uh, which is you know which is good. So actually, I think it's down to actual three finalists, which I think is it. Is I missed that. Okay. Yeah, Peterson, Dable, and Shanahan. Seriously? I think that those are the oh. um, Shanahan. I think Perfect. those three are the finalists. Cool, but um, Caleb snub. I mean, 
yes and no, right? I mean, we we put up a pretty average team, right? We had a minus whatever two point differential on the year. So it's not like he he coaches amazing team. Now, what I will say in his defense is the fact that with a minus whatever minus two differential, whatever it ended up being, he was able to coach a minus two differential team to thirteen wins or create thirteen wins out of that, which is impressive in of itself. So where miles and I were kind of having maybe a disagreement in, in our comments on Twitter was the fact that (laughs) we usually agree on most stuff um, was uh, is, you know, I I look at a guy like Sirianni. I look at a guy like um, who was the other one that uh, not Shanahan, but the other Dable um, McDermott. uh, yeah, McDermott, right? You look at those two teams, obviously, you know, and to Miles' point, you're right. They weren't, you know, they have to coach the team that's presented to them, and they did so well, right? Um, but they are loaded with talent. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say a different coach like Kevin O'Connell couldn't have take, done just as well with those teams as they did, right? I, I, where I look at it is, you know, when you're when you're loaded as a team and you produce – like McDermott's team, uh, did I freeze here? No, uh, McDermott's team is a it was a Super Bowl favorite at the beginning of the year, and and they obviously injuries happen and stuff. But uh, when when you have that much talent and you produce at expectations or lower than expectations, I don't see why you should be deserving. Now, Sirianni, I will give a little bit more credit to uh, because of the fact that he. Um, had an unknown in Jalen Hurts and it was able to coach <laughs> Jalen Hurts up to a uh, to, to an MVP type candidate. Um, now, granted, I still think KOC probably should have been considered over Sirianni and McDermott probably. Um, Shanahan's a different story. Even though he does have a loaded team, he did lose uh, quarterbacks, right? So, I, and I gave him credit for that. Uh, but I, I still think that it's most impressive with like Peterson, and and uh, and Dable and KOC, those would probably have been my three finalists. And maybe that's a little homerism for me, but um, I mean, Peterson just took the the team that just picked number one overall to a divisional round. I think that's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, it's all about like what you consider criteria for becoming coach of the year. I think we look too much of like needing the underdog, um, and it's also a right. Isn't isn't a regular season like award just like all the other ones? Yeah, the playoffs yep, don't count, right? Yeah. So I I I don't like to we this stuff comes out now. So then you look at a team like the Bills who performed up to expectation in the regular season, right? And they get penalized because they lived up to their expectation. I I don't I just don't I don't like subscribe to that idea that Sean McDermott shouldn't be considered because his team lived up to their expectations. Just like yeah. um just like I also think it's it takes talent to be good. Like it takes a coaching coaching in front office to be talented to build good teams and to get the most out of those teams. And so we call them loaded, but like that takes a talent to get to create a loaded team. That's why like a, a team like the 49ers they've done a, an amazing job building an infrastructure to where they're they, we call them loaded. But a lot of some of those names that we co- we consider loaded now are names that might have not really been household names a couple of years ago. They like developed yeah. those guys. Fred Fred Warner was a third round pick. I'm not even saying it means he shouldn't have he shouldn't have gone higher. But like those types of things, he's the best linebacker in football right now. Off ball linebacker in football right now. Like 
like those types of things and those types of impacts like that, that matters. And so um, I don't like just always being like, oh, the underdog needs to win every scenario just because. Um, well, and that's why I think then, like, to, like, to counterpoint, like, though, you could have the same coach pretty much win year in and year. Like Andy Reid put up yes, the best team like, this year, right? That's so like, that's like, Andy Reid like, should be considered every year. Bill Belichick for like yes. the, that you you run, that dynasty run they yeah. had, he should have been the coach of the year every year, but he wasn't. And so the there's got to be look some at, of that. But, no, no, no. but like, but like, look at MVP. You shouldn't take away someone's opportunity to win MVP because they're too good every year. And other people need to get opportunities to win that shit. No, this isn't like like we talk so much about like uh, participation rewards, uh, like trophies and shit. Like, and I'm not even like the anti-participation trophy person, but like you shouldn't be penalized because you're always fucking good. Like that's the like that's and, the and line I'm not that we saying want. that per se, but what I am no, saying I know. is that I, I, under, it, I like, understand like, what you're saying. Right, <laughs> right. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying I don't think because you're consistently good should penalize you from awards because you're always good. Like that just to me is, it's just not a good argument. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that like a Doug Peterson should win the award because of what he was able to do with his team. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like Kevin O'Connell, like Kevin O'Connell also had a Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, like a really top end offense he was walking into. Yes. Do I think he exceeded expectations? 1000%. Do I think he should be in, should have been in, a finalist for coach of the year. Yes. But like those other names were also very qualified for the same award that Kevin O'Connell was. And so I'm not trying to sit here and pretend like, I mean, they're they're all all worthy. Yes. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say is like, Oh my God, Kevin O'Connell got snubbed, but he he wasn't going to win. So like, he didn't really get snubbed from anything to me. I don't think he should have won. That's true. And so like, it's just kind of is like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I do think your point right. on Andy right. Reid is 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 really good, and I'll end here, and then we'll we'll close out. But no one's really talking about the fact that Andy Reid and obviously their GM traded Tyreek Hill away and didn't miss a beat. <laughs> I mean, right. they are, were still the powerhouse that we, we know they can be year in and year out. And yeah, to Miles's point, if if you're great at what you do, then we shouldn't you know, snub you from, from that. So maybe the, maybe the bigger snub here this evening is Andy Reed, not being yeah, in the like, coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, he, to, he, to be completely honest, you're, like, look at the defense. Like they, they, they had a, a seventh round cornerback uh, having an interception in the divisional round game last week. Like they're getting production Watson, out of, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're getting production out of J three picks and like that shit. So like, yes, skull, uh, TYA catch. Yes. If, if Bill Belichick needed to win coach of the year every year, that like shouldn't like, <laughs> this isn't, you're like, that's like saying the MVP shouldn't always be Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player in the league. Like right. if Patrick Mahomes has a year, like he did this year, every year of his career and they win, he should be up for MVP every single year. Yeah. Like that should not be out Absolutely. of question. Like you shouldn't be penalized for being elite. Like that's all I'm, that's like literally all I'm trying to say. Like you're, if you're elite, yeah. you shouldn't be disqualified for, for like these trophies. That's all I'm saying. One thing I do want to bring up before we close out is us as a fan base need to cut this narrative out that national writers hate Minnesota. And I saw it in the comment by Rob and 100%. I saw it all over Twitter, like all over Twitter. 
that it's always the coastal teams. It's always, you know, either the West Coast or the East Coast. And, sent, you know, the most, like, loved or, like, media-loved team is the Cowboys, right? Like, which is not a coastal team, number one. But, like, they nobody hates Minnesota. We just weren't that good. Like, overall, like, I mean, granted, I it was a fun year. But, like, we just – we showed what we were worth at the in the playoffs. Bro, so, like, Justin Jefferson – Justin Jefferson's an MVP finalist. What the hell are we yeah. talking about? I'd way rather yeah. have – Justin Jefferson being an MVP and, and offensive player of the year, by the way, I'd yeah. way rather have Justin Jefferson be in that running than coach of the year. I don't like who cares. Yeah. Like yeah. Kevin O'Connell didn't deserve to win coach of the year, even if even if he should have been a top five candidate. He he, he wasn't going to beat out a Doug Peterson, in my opinion, a Kyle Shanahan. He just wasn't. Right. But at the same time, I think Justin Jefferson being up for MVP is is even more of like a a cool ass opportunity. Like I don't think he's going to win it. But, like, for him just to even be a, a finalist is cool as shit. Like, we haven't had that yeah, since yeah. Adrian Peterson. So, like, to me, yeah, that yeah. should be, like, that should be what we should be, like, being excited about and being happy about. And so yeah, that's sure. just kind of where and, I'm And media it. didn't hate us. The national media didn't hate us when they allowed him to be a top five. That, that's, what, us, so. that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like a just, like, yeah, I, I think we'll be okay. Uh, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell's a good coach. I think we're all excited that he's the coach moving forward. And I think he's, he's got an opportunity to really like build something like really great for this organization. So like that, that me, that to me matters more than being a finalist for a coach of the year. Like it is what yeah, it is. For sure. I love it. I love, I love the passion uh, that I had no idea that this was going to provoke this type of reaction, but uh, I, I love well, it. We, I love we were, it. we were in each other's comments today. So we I think were, there was a yeah. little, I don't, I don't either. I, didn't look at that and i'm notorious for not always checking uh my messages or you guys had that in your own little little chat yeah yeah. i mean you're sick anyway so well uh that's it for tonight's show that's all we have so uh want to say thank you to everybody that joined us in the chat this evening um miles and i are headed to the senior bowl next week uh assuming i am, am healthy and ready to go uh, but yeah, we will be in Mobile, Alabama, checking out some draft prospects, giving you some coverage, reporting back on kind of what we're seeing from players uh, who could be potential fits for the Minnesota Vikings. So a uh, lot of content coming up. Make sure you're subscribed to Climb in the Pocket so you are getting all of the updates throughout the next week. And if you're not, uh, you can do it right now. You can If you're on YouTube. Uh, Facebook, whatever, just log right in and and hit subscribe. So with that being said, Miles, Ryan, thank you again. Uh, Miles and I will talk about show related stuff next week. Might be too difficult to do a live show down there, uh, but maybe we'll steal Ryan and uh, yeah. do a little pre pre-recorded something and and air it next Wednesday night. So yeah, we, yeah, we won't plan on a live show next week. It's just with the schedules and time. I don't expect that to be a something we could do, but we'll have shows out. We, we plan to have shows out next week on, on our, all our channels. Yes, for sure. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have, Dave, if you want to come out quick and just let the folks know what's coming up this week and then we can wrap it. The rest of the week we have myself and Darren on Saturday at two o'clock central for two old bloggers. We're going to be going over some of this as well. Hopefully by Saturday, we may even have a new defensive coordinator to talk about. We'll find out. 
So join us then. And then also, as Miles and Matt said, they're getting ready to head down to Mobile, Alabama to watch the Senior Bowl. Uh, not just watch, but report on what happens every day. They will be joined by Tyler Fornis of The Real Forno Show as well. They talked about live shows. We will be recording when available all week long to be able to put something together that will be posted on YouTube for all of you to see. Next week will be Senior Bowl Week, and we look forward to it. Gotta love it. Looking forward to you guys going down. Absolutely. All right, well, let's put a wrap on this thing, Dave. What do we say? Skull Vikings. <laughs> Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. A big shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. To That's Badass Wood Art, when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody! Skull!